are listening to Anchored in Love podcast, a part of a dream birthed during a season of great personal change, challenge, and circumstance. Anchored in Love was encouraged by my husband, motivated by my mama, and set to serve any willing to listen. Through sharing personal walks of endurance and perseverance, my prayer is that this can become home to anyone who is seeking healing, extended from the hearts of those who are currently experiencing it. I'm actually really excited for this episode. You guys don't have to just listen to me and all of my ramblings while I attempt to gain some type of footing through life and its curveballs. Instead, we get to hear from my absolutely wonderful husband. If you're listening and you don't really know me, I just want to encourage you really quick. um, Maybe go check online on the actual blog site that's anchoredinlove.online. And there's a couple posts there that are just kind of introductions to me. And I think if you have that, this episode might make a little more sense. (laughs) Um, But if you don't want to do that, Jeremy is my husband of almost four years, right? Four? Yep. (laughs) Um, He's an incredible and loving father to our two boys. And he's the absolute best partner I could ever ask for in life. From building kitchen tables together, serving the community side by side, and all the ups and downs of parenthood. If you haven't got it yet, I just really kind of like him. I want to add, Jeremy's the magic that actually brings this podcast to anyone who's listening. Because I don't know what I'm doing, but he knows well beyond what he's doing at this level. (laughs) Um, So, yay to Jeremy. And we are also doing this from our kitchen. Normally, it's just me alone in our bedroom recording, but... If at some point you hear little ones, that means nap time is over and they woke up. Or an ocean. Then that's their sound machine. Yeah, exactly. So, babe, is there anything you want to say? You want to say hi? You want to add anything about us? Nope. Just kidding. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> You're way too sweet, though. I'm really not as cool as you make me sound out to be. He is. I'm pretty lame. But I just want to say that I'm crazy proud of you for doing this. You're sweet. No. This is a super vulnerable and difficult thing to do but people need to hear this conversation and i'm proud of you Mm. i need to hear that yeah okay gush is over i apologize love you boo (laughs) i love you um so today's episode is really all about loving someone through grief uh i think that grief as a whole i say this and almost every time i speak or write or something it might look different or the thing that causes us grief the situation could be different but at the heart of it the emotion And I think this of all emotions is what makes us relatable to one another. Um, So loving someone through their grief. So far you've heard about my grief, but I wanted to bring you on so you could share what it's like to love someone. And maybe I should even preface that not in a boastful way, but I don't think I'm just someone. I think I'm more of a difficult person to love. (laughs) (laughs) So even more difficult through grief. Not difficult. You just present unique challenges. (laughs) (laughs) just kidding no you're not and that's true i want that transparency it's true because that's a lesson that i especially through this have even had to learn myself of i can't get support i can't get encouragement from others unless i allow them to see that i need it yeah and that's where i think i'm difficult as i like everybody I think likes to have a mask to the world that we present but maybe mine's a little thicker than most so yeah 
you're breaking me down. And this is like, again, this is why I do AIL anchored in love is so I can slowly bring those barriers down. It's so bad that when you said you want to present a mask, I just thought of the movie Mask with Jim Carrey and him pulling off that green mask. Oh, well, as long as it's only bad if you think I'm like Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, is there anything, we'll just start off, is there anything in particular that sticks out to you as being, as having been the most difficult or challenging part of all of this? Or where do you want to start it? I just want to turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a hard thing to talk about. It's, this has not been a fun journey by any means, but, um, I think like all journeys though, it's been, it's been cool and we've grown from it. Well, it hasn't been cool. It's been the most sucky thing ever, but I think even out of the suck and out of the terribleness, um, we've grown and I've learned new depths of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've learned, um, I think it's made me a better spouse. Um, it's mm. made me a better parent even, I think, um, in those senses. But yeah, it has been difficult. It's been challenging. But it's, you know, the challenge is in not how you respond. It's not how you deal with grief. The challenge is I haven't always known how to support you through it and how to be what you yeah. need. Cause who the heck's gone through this before and it's new territory and it's um we're learning this as we go and the challenge is you know the hardest part for me i think has been you know i see you struggling and hurting and sad and i just want to fix it but there's no Mm -hmm. fixing this um so i think that's part where i've had to learn and grow and i've become better through this is because yeah i can't fix it but it's um, it's caused me to be more intentional and to mm. try to get to the root of, you know, it's an outwards appearance. My someday it might just seem like you've had a really bad day and you're frustrated and, you know, you may be a little shorter than normal. And rather than just thinking like, oh, she's had a crappy day. The boys have driven her nuts. I have to be more intentional about, you know, maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe this is a, a day that was special to her and Gina that I just didn't realize. So I have to ask questions and have to try to dig deeper. So it's caused me to mm-hmm. be more intentional. And I think us grow more even in that. Yeah. Well, and I think take the loss part out of everything that you just said. And that's a healthy, that's like a healthy road to a relationship. Yeah. You know, like everything you just said was being more intentional and observant of one another. Yeah. Um, I think that's good. Yeah. But it's also been hard, like, you know, I I got the pleasure of knowing your mom for, like, five years. Yeah. And she's amazing. Like, I want to be like Gina Owsley. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. Um, but, you know, seeing you grieve, it's your mom. You know, she was my mother-in-law, and I loved her, and I think she loved me dearly. But She did. It's just different. You know, I felt like you had every right to grieve, and you had... You know, it was your mom, of course. Like, and I almost felt like at times, like I didn't have, I hadn't given enough time. I didn't know Gina enough to grieve through it, or I had to be strong for you to grieve through so that you could grieve appropriately. And I couldn't show you any of that, that like, man, this is wrecking me today that, you know, Eli's never going to know his nan or never get to experience, you know, her Mm -hmm. grabbing his ham hocks and that sort of stuff. But you know, but that's been something that 
Ham hocks are thighs. Oh, that's yeah. what mom always <laughs> called thighs. I yeah. don't know if that's what everyone says or not, or if that's just a mom thing. I think it's just thing. an Eastern Kentucky thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she loved but. ham hocks, and Eli's got some. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, I think I've even, you know, it's been over a year now, and I think through that process, you know, I've I've realized that having those conversations with you that I would have strayed away from because I didn't want to send you in a spiral or I didn't want to trigger anything. Um, even though they make, may you make you sad for a moment that in the end it's beneficial for you to know that like, I'm not the only one grieving through this, I think. Yeah. Well, so, it like, it kind of like makes me a little sad that you felt like in a sense that it's not your grief too, because it is. I I think I phrase it like, this is my grief journey, but this is our grief journey. Um, And it's really easy, I think, even just for me to like get in my own head of, I don't want this to affect you. So that goes both ways, you know, of just communicating together. And the reality of it is anytime we get sad um, about it, it always ends on a high note. Like I, I try to even do that with every podcast every blog because you have to leave with hope or else you're just crushed even in the difficult times of bringing stuff up yeah so you talk about it through all the difficult things we get to remember we get to talk about the good things and then at the end it's just the overall like summation of she's healed she is happy Maybe I'm flawed in this. People are very kind when they say like, oh, she's looking down on you. And if you're one of those people that have said that to me, thank you. I really do appreciate (laughs) it. But I just don't believe that. I believe she's up there spending her time with the Lord, celebrating happy because the rest of our years are seconds to her. Like, and that's actually gives me solace. That actually gives me hope because... I don't want the idea of her looking down and being sad (laughs) or wishing over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not being sad, but yeah, just seeing it like she's, she has lived her life and she lived it well. And I am just even blessed that we can sit here and have this conversation that like in five years, my mom impacted you because in that same sense that you think that you only knew her five years, I don't have this right to, I don't know, feel the way I do. I hope I'm not putting words in her mouth, but I feel that way as a daughter. Like I wasn't her sister. Mm -hmm. I wasn't her mom. I wasn't my oldest brother. You know, it's hard not to compare length of relationship, but the beauty of it. And I think even more the beauty of mom is that the depth of the relationship had nothing to do with the length. You know, if you knew her for a year, you knew her for 25. Yep. And I hate crying. Oh, that's good. Um, So knowing that and knowing that about mom specifically, like we're in the same boat. Yeah. Talk to me, babe. Share those moments with me because like, has there ever been like a time or a moment that you can think of where specifically in relation to what you were just saying, like almost kind of comparing degrees of grief or loss made you hesitate to tell me something or to share, to open up, or even just to feel like for you yourself to feel. Yeah. I think like the whole time she was in the hospital, I struggled with allowing myself to feel that way, like to feel sad, to feel anxious, to feel, you know, the dread that was coming because she wasn't my mom. She wasn't my, you know, Mm. 
crazy, like I've known her my whole life, you know. Um, but then also, you know, it's just a few weeks ago, I think, or maybe about a month ago, I was, um, I had some Facebook memory that had your mom playing with Silas mm. and I was driving home from work and I was just thinking about that. And like, I literally just, you know, I kind of lost it a little bit in the car, just thinking about the fact that Eli will never get to play with your mom like that. He'll never get to see her bent over holding her arms out, you know, just boy, that crazy big smile that only Gina had that, you know, so I was, you know, the rest of the way home, you know, I was, I was sad and I wanted to talk to you about it, but I was, I was a little hesitant just because, you know, I don't know what kind of day you had. And I knew, you know, your parents' anniversary was just last month, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then your mom's birthday was this month. So, you know, I'm always hesitant to bring things up because it's, you know, I'm afraid that uh, if me bringing this up, is it going to, you know, cause her to, you know, spiral out in this? Is it going to be, make the night more difficult? Like, I don't want, you know, maybe you've had a rough day with the boys, you know, Silas just doesn't listen sometimes. I didn't know if it's one of those days, but, uh, but I think I did mention it to you that night, you know, just, and those moments are always hard just because I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, know what you need and what's best for you in the moment, but I want to I mean, share how I feel. Even as you say this again now, like my whole body language, I just start looking down. We lost eye contact. Yeah. So it, it has an impact. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you told me about, it, I think the next day or something like that. And I, I love that actually, yeah. because I love seeing not only like how she further impacts you, but like, there's just something cool when someone you love loves someone you love. Yeah. <laughs> um, and getting to kind of see that connection, like you were affected because you loved her, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that then creates a whole new special part of my heart. And it again, is it difficult? Yes. Is it sad? Yes. Do I want to hear it? Yes. Yeah. Um, do I like to torture myself? No, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you want to hear it because it always ends in a hope, you know, because then we get to have a conversation of let's bring out the pictures and show Silas when he yeah. got to walk on his walker at Nan's house outside and show Eli, this was your Nan. And it always just leaves a smile eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think in life as cliche as it might sound, and I don't even want to say it, but like the most difficult things are, usually the most beautiful things yeah. either in the journey or the end or however you want to say it. If it's not hard, it doesn't always yield the reward. Yeah. And I think even within our relationship, there's truth and depth to that. I want to go back. You were saying about in the hospital mm-hmm. when she was in the hospital. Um, I think that's, you can have grief before loss even happens. Uh, and that's something I haven't even touched on. Like, I think maybe that was even harder. Yeah. Uh, because you fight wanting ultimate healing and wanting your mom, yeah. you know. You got this. <laughs> um, but in the hospital, like, you were a rock. In a rock, not in the sense of you didn't show emotion, but like in the hospital, you were that support. You were 
maybe not as emotion filled, but as soon as we walked the pedway, got in the car, like together, you were what I needed in that moment, which was sharing because I think oh, I sound like oh, I'm gonna need tissues. Um, I think that through that process, this process, all of it, especially for me, someone who doesn't naturally like to feel um, specifically vulnerable or hurt, it's good to know that you're just not alone, Yeah. you know, not that it's okay, I'm just going to sit here and I'm not feeling what you're feeling, but it's more comforting to know that like, this is relatable. This is a connection that we can both share because then maybe I don't have to verbalize, (laughs) you know? And I think that that was wonderful. You've just been wonderful through it all. (laughs) For real. Like I can't, if you remember, you probably would remember more than I, but like, I can't remember a moment through any of this where like we fought Mm -mm. or I was just like, get out of my face (laughs) or anything like that because I don't know as we sit here and we think about it truly I think one of my biggest takeaways from being loved through this and trying to love others is just it has to first be a healthy relationship um, or a stable one whatever word you want to use for it like you knew who I was before we walked through this and I've learned different things about myself and I've learned more about myself through this, but you have, when, you know, when I'm like really hurt or something, I don't actually want a hug. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can just say like, not right now, you know, quietly. And you're good with that. That's not offensive. That's not, you know, because you knew me, yeah. I didn't have to sit down and try to explain myself and then end up crying because then I would get mad. Yeah. But because you knew me and we were healthy outside of the loss, it made those things, I think, easier to tread. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because there's probably countless times when you would like <laughs> go to touch me or hug me and I was like, not right now. Yeah. And then several other times I know I was like, just touch me yeah. <laughs> and then that, that means anything like normally a hand on the leg or something yeah. but anything like that that you remember thinking back to even the beginning parts of this journey well i think like that sort of stuff specifically like it wasn't difficult like honestly it was it was kind of one of my greatest joys in life was to be able to be that for you oh my you know, gosh that guys. Was, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a hard time. And, you know, I, I think part of me, even through the, the hospital journey specifically, you know, that, that last hospital stay didn't believe it. You know, you just try to disassociate and think, ah, this isn't real. This is all just, you know, one terrible nightmare that we'll wake up from. But, but as far as being a husband in those little moments where Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do, you know, I see you hurting and I see your family hurting and you know i'm just standing in the room hurting too but like feel like i can't hurt to the same level um Mm -hmm. all i wanted to do is be whatever you needed me to be yeah and so anything that i could do you know i was happy to if you need a hug i'm right there if you 
just need somebody to go play with entertain Silas so you don't have to think about it I'm there mm-hmm. um, so I like I truly counted a joy and an honor that I was able to to be what you needed and mm-hmm. you know I think we did have a healthy really we clearly have a healthy relationship and I think that really helped but I mean I think all of that also put things into perspective for us that you know mm-hmm. The little piddly things don't matter. And all we cared about in that moment was spending every moment we could with your mom and, you know, and being what we could be for your dad and for your brothers. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, I'm I'm like crying happy tears now. Like (laughs) this is (laughs) ridiculous. You're really sweet. He's sweet people. He's really sweet. No, but I mean, it was, it was truly a joy though. Not a joy. It was an honor to, to be there for you, to be what you needed. And just so you know, like, these are all the reasons why mom did love you, and you know it. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about, like, the emotional things, but you even just hit the two other things that I kind of want to talk about, which was, like, the practicality of loving someone through it. And this isn't necessarily anything. This was Eli's waking up. Eli's waking up. He'll walk over here. Just don't. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Let's just go keep for doing it. what we're doing. Um, I'm going to back up. You hit, you talked about like two of the things that I did want to talk about. And the first was just like the practicality of loving someone through this and maybe not the emotional support, but okay. So our little one is awake now. So if you hear noises, I apologize. Um, but we're going to keep on going because we don't have anybody that lives in the same city as us to help out. Um, so the first of those things just really being like the practical side of loving someone through it. And you mentioned, I think probably what was the biggest at the time, um, was just how do I balance like my, all my different roles, you know, worker, daughter, mother Mm -hmm. and wife. And like you I think we're a great example of how to love someone through that practically. And just the sense of if we're at the hospital, no, I'll step out and I'll take him. Yeah. You know, um, I'll take Silas. That's him. (laughs) I'll take Silas. We'll run around the hospital or I'll pick Silas up from the babysitter and even shout out babysitter Heather. Talk about loving somebody through it. Like, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. That's how you do it. You know, you, help out where time and different things are. So maybe hit more on that, but also even just like financially (laughs) during the beginning parts of this, like I wanted to be there to help and I didn't want to miss in these moments. And um, there was like, mom lived in the hospital and we, I ended up taking a leave from work without pay because sometimes work policies are weird. (laughs) Um, but like you gave me freedom to do all of those things and not even just freedom, but like encouragement to do those things. So I think those are like, to me, two of the really big practical things that you did, but what would you say tips? You know, if there's people listening on here that are, 
have somebody, which I just believe we are all experiencing some level of loss or grief or something that we're processing. So for everyone listening, what are tips that you would say, how can we practically love someone through this? Practically, am I saying that right? Yeah. The practical ways? Yeah, I think okay. so. <laughs> the tangible ways, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is just be there, you know? I mean, right. be in the moment, be... You know, when we were at the hospital, you know, I wasn't face deep in my phone all the time. I was in the moment. I was trying to, um, you know, as ridiculous as it sounds, I was trying to anticipate needs for anybody because, you know, I, I oh, can't. But that's, fix. that's so good. Sorry. Yeah. Jeremy knows that I always interrupt, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you guys to think I'm really rude. This is just us. Um, but I think that's so good, anticipating needs, because when you're the needy person, that's a bad way of saying it, but whatever, um, you feel bad if you have to ask, yeah. you know? And not that there's a level of expectation either, but it's like the last thing I want to do is be a burden on someone else. Yeah. And so that's why I say, like, you gave me freedom to yeah. do that thing because I didn't have to ask. There was no guilt or tie or chain to those things for us. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that was something that like I wanted to do. I wanted to go get ice. I wanted to, Oh, anything that needs to be done. I got that. Let me go do that because oh, all the ice chips that Silas ate. Yeah. But I mean, even just like things for your mom or things for yeah. your dad, you know, going to get Blake. I was happy to do all of that stuff because I just wanted to fix it and I couldn't fix it, but oh, I can help in this way. So I'm going to be available to help in whatever way I can. Yeah. Um, so I think that was important and that was beneficial. I mean, I mean, a lot of the stuff I did was, you know, menial and insignificant. But even like that's, you say that, but no, yeah. that's not true at all. It might've seemed ex- insignificant, but ultimately what all of those gave me in the beginning was time. Yeah. And that is something that I could never get back. That is something that I will never regret. Like, so those were the most meaningful parts. Yeah. That was not insignificant at all. Yeah. But even now, I think, you know, on those days that you talked about that maybe I was triggered and it doesn't even have to be an anniversary of something, you know, it's yeah. just the randomest, smallest things. Um, like when I am open and talked about it in the moment, mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? Just go take a shower and I got the boys yeah. or I'm just going to take the boys with me to the store real quick. And you just allow me like 30 minutes of time with me. Yeah. Even, you know, even down to the fact that anchored in love exists and you support, you support it and you encourage it. Like that was truly you behind it. And this is part of me healing and again, you give me that time because mm. you alleviate other responsibilities that maybe I have. And you do it freely. I'm not asking you for it. I'm not begging you for it. Yeah. And I think that's the best things. Like you said. So do we say like anticipate need? No. Um, but then I would, I think on the practical side of things still, it's just being open and available and willing to throw your life in chaos yes because i mean we i can't really i mean i've listened to all the podcasts but i don't really remember what all you've said in them but like you did take a leave of absence for a month (laughs) you don't you don't have to like verify you listen to my podcast no no. (laughs) (laughs) i know but like 
You did take a leave of absence for a month, yeah. unpaid. Yeah. We had. Month and a half. Yeah. We, we had, had a lot of blessings. A one year old. We had, you know, we were a month or two away from Eli being born. You know, we were. Oh, yeah. I was pregnant, really pregnant <laughs> yeah. through all of that. Yeah. But I mean, it was. Our life went into chaos a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's. Death does that, you know, but. But, I mean, we were willing to roll with the punches, and we were willing to do whatever we needed to do. You know, I remember specifically with that leave of absence, um, I mean, honestly, I was very anxious about the money because I knew we were about to have another baby, and we're going to need all the money we can because we were planning on you staying at home. So, you know, a month and a half of, you know, pay that we were anticipating gone, you know, it it was a big risk, but our attitudes in the moment where it's just money we can figure all that out but we can't figure out more time with your mom i love how you say our attitudes in the moment <laughs> because that <laughs> is such a lie um because it was your attitudes in the moment yeah. and you know it and that's like that was the second thing i was gonna say so you brought up two things so one how to love someone like practically through it and then two just having that mentality your overall mentality and that was exactly what you said like this doesn't matter. We can always make more, whatever. Yeah. I can always make more money. I can always, you know, we can always, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else I'm trying to say, but we can always make more money. And that was incredible to me that that was truly your mindset. And even though that did cause some anxiety and like we were still nervous, like you led us through that. I mean, ultimately it was spiritually because we're going to be okay. We can always make more money. That's, we put our trust in the Lord, but even just the mentality of this is more important was a really good cornerstone for me to kind of reset and refocus my mind every day, because you're right. You do live amongst chaos. Um, even now, you know, when, when grief comes, it doesn't knock on the door it interrupts and even when it interrupts my daily routine with the boys or whatever I think about that you know because it really is a cornerstone that makes me pause and reset and then breathe and say okay this this chaos is okay because now I can set my priorities right and that's life-changing when you actually put it into practice (laughs) um but I, I honestly don't think I could have done that without you, without you leading and showing me that and encouraging me in that because I was pretty deep in the waters um, of self-reflection, anger, fear, yeah. all of them, <laughs> um, to even pull myself out and peer above that depth to see a baseline (laughs) you know what i mean so i think that was really huge for me personally and the beauty of it is as you sit here and you talk about it to me like i'm using words like you led you encouraged you supported you took initiative you anticipated but literally in all of it you surrendered and honestly, I don't think that's hit me until right now. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think I've ever come to that conclusion before now. Yeah. What do you mean by that? You surrendered your needs. Yeah. You surrendered yourself. You surrendered your time for the sake of me, our yeah. family, my family. And that's huge. So first, I just want to say thanks, babe. I love you. I don't have to thank you for that. Um, but like, even if we just think about surrender in general, like that's the hardest thing I think for most people. We either want control, we want to, whether that's of our priorities, of our responsibilities, of our finances, of our time. But like, I think maybe that's why you we've been so success, successful in this is because you truly humbly surrendered yourself mm. for the sake of... And there goes a Lincoln log on the floor. You put that on the microphone. But you surrendered yourself for our sake. And thanks. You're welcome, babe. I hope that these things come off genuine. That... These are in the moment. These aren't scripted, you know, because that's why this exists for me. Because, like, that moment that we just had was really good for me. Yeah. And I just love you a lot. Love you. I do. But anyway, I like to end all of these on some type of, like, positive note, like I said, because you have to be positive throughout it. And most of them end with basically, like, but Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know, and ultimately that's where it is. So we've talked about emotionally, practically, and I think, like I said, like, even through the practical aspect of finances, ultimately we trusted the Lord. You know, I think... Another aspect that we could talk about if we're just looking holistically would be spiritually. Specifically, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I get angry. I think I've mentioned that before. I've, I was really angry with the Lord and where we were at even going to church-wise during that time. You want the microphone, Eli? Even going to church during that time, you know, we had felt the Lord kind of telling us to put a pause on where we were. And a couple months later, mom was rediagnosed. A couple months after that, living in a hospital. A month after that, passed. And in that time, we weren't really members at any church or congregation. And so, spiritually, (laughs) I think, specifically coming from you, coming from those who I love, that was really impactful and important to me. Um even more so maybe because I was angry. (laughs) I (laughs) didn't want to turn to my scripture, even though I still would at the end of the day. I didn't want to hear the good news. I didn't want to hear promises when all I felt was betrayal. Um, Even now, sometimes I don't want to do that. So I think spiritual influence I don't know what word to even put there (laughs) like the spiritual impact you can have on somebody that you love when they're experiencing any level of grief or loss or even trauma honestly can sometimes be the most impactful because I know for the person going through it that was the most difficult for me to engage in because the physical responsibilities are always there begging you the emotional ones are just completely (laughs) overwhelming And I could more easily ignore the spiritual ones. So did you ever see any of that? 
Not at all. I think I actually saw the opposite. Yeah, I was actually kind of impressed with with your commitment to the Lord through all of this. Um, as it's so easy to get angry. You know, your mom was diagnosed right before we were married, went through surgery, seemed fine for a couple of years, was cancer-free, and then all of a sudden it came back, and then within months, you know, she was in hospice care. And, you know, I think I was kind of mad at the Lord even through this, but, um, but I was always impressed by by how you sought spiritual things, how even through all of that you were attaching, you know, applying biblical truths to every situation that, you know, yeah, this sucks, but you know, the Lord's good. Or, you know, yeah, this is, this is hard and I want my mom, but she's ultimately going to be healed. Even just to see that mentality in you was encouraging to me. That's like good to hear, but also don't get me wrong but i also just kind of want to laugh when you say it because those were like mantras i would just say but never truly felt yeah do you know what i mean that's yeah. where it comes down to which is that mask kind of that i was talking about but you would see that let down i think for me when i would feel the most encouraged is when i would come home late after the hospital or something crawl into bed and you would just pray yeah allowed for me to hear yeah um because in those moments it felt like you were like lifting my hands for me yeah to use a biblical (laughs) picture for me like i was just doing the motions because i didn't have anything else to do i didn't have anything else to give in that regard so i was going through the motions and relying on you and others (laughs) honestly to do the rest for me yeah what's well, set me up somehow <laughs> i just did like 12 things i know i'm just saying like lead me into that i mean i think we could use some of that yeah i don't know what did, what was the last thing i said before we started crying i don't remember me neither Okay, I'll just jump in and we'll figure it out. Well, hold on. Oh, we were talking about prayer. Oh, I said, like, giving that biblical picture. I I definitely feel like having you pray aloud over me, having others, specifically, like, those messages, people, like, we're praying for you, I know this is rough, but the people who took the time to write out a prayer, the people who, you know, in that moment truly prayed, because they either called and did it for you, texted you the prayer, sent a verse that came out to them. Those were the things that I needed because I knew if I couldn't believe it in that moment, at least somebody's believing it for my sake. Yeah. Those were really helpful for me. So I guess spiritually, I, I, I don't know, how was this spiritually for you? Um, not going, I mean, like I said, we weren't regularly going to a church. Yeah. Um, we weren't regularly having someone, a spiritual leader, pour into us. Yeah. But you remain that leader for us. Yeah. So how was that for you? Honestly, some of the like most impactful encounters with the Lord I've had in recent years was probably at your parents' house on Sundays when we weren't going to church. Before your mom was even, even when she was in the hospital, 
you know, we took every Sunday and went over there, and either I would do a little Devo or your dad would, but because um, it's, I think it's it's easy to recite the promises of the Lord. It's easy right. to, you know, regurgitate theology, but when you have to truly believe that theology or be crushed by it, um, I think that one, well, that's when, like, your faith, like, really means something. Um, so to to be in that house, to see your mom sitting in her chair and knowing like what she was battling to really like have to find a way to say through all of this, the Lord's good. Like seeing this, you know, probably the most incredible woman any of us will ever know beside you, of course. (laughs) But I think you're, you're a testament to her, but to see this incredible woman, you know, struggling and enduring pain and being so young and still being able to say and like wholeheartedly believe the Lord's good and he works all things together for our good. And if, you know, we, and that the Lord heals us, you know, that was, that was probably the thing that I had to deal with the most was like, you know, God, where's your faithfulness and healing? Yeah. You know, you said you, you know, she was healed. She was fine. But then it came back, you know, and like, why, why does the Lord allow all of this stuff? And then, you know, just to, to work through that and process through that and get to the point where it's like, you know what? The Lord is still good. He does still heal, whether that be an ultimate healing or an instantaneous on earth healing, he still heals. And regardless how that may seem to my you know, fragile, finite self, the, the reality is that God is still good in all of that. Yeah. You know, this is our, our beings, our, you know, our lives, our existence is so much more than what we can imagine that to put that limit on God that you can only heal in this moment. And that, you know, only what makes me feel good and makes me happy and takes this sadness away is what's best. Right. You know, that's that was kind of the takeaway that, like, God knows what he's doing. And while, yes, this sucks for us, like, the Lord's faithful. He's got us. Um, and I honestly never really felt like I took on an added burden of, like, spiritual leadership for us. I just think... Yeah. Um, I didn't notice those times where, you know, it seemed like you were waning a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's just being husband and wife and a partner. Yeah. And, you know, we just, when I'm weak, you're strong. When you're weak, I'm strong. You know, we, yeah. we support one another and walk with everything with one another. And, you know, in those moments, I didn't feel this burden of, you know, I've got to be this spiritual theologian who pulls you out of this funk but instead i was able to just lay in bed next to you and be like this sucks Mm -hmm. god this sucks Mm -hmm. but help us understand the suck Um, you know i think literally the sentence that you just said is like the best picture i could have for this whole thing of what we're trying to talk about loving someone through it like that was our prayer to the lord because thank god we can be so real and transparent and i always say like 
sometimes I'm the meanest and maddest to God <laughs> because yeah. he already knows how I'm feeling. So I don't need to wear my mask yeah. because he knows my heart. <laughs> so I should just let it out <laughs> and have a little bit of a release. But that prayer that you just said to the Lord should also be our attitude towards one another. Yeah. As we sit here and we say, how do I love someone through this? We do it by acknowledging this is chaos. This is a lot of emotions. This is overwhelming. This is fearful. This is scary. But I'm going to sit right here with you through it. You're going to experience it with someone else. I commit that to you. And then help me understand exactly what you just prayed. Help yeah. me understand it. Give me your perspective. Because then I can maybe help navigate. Or your perspective is going to look different than mine. So maybe yours can help me navigate. Yeah. And even more whole circle, that's what my prayer is for this. Yeah. But like, if no one listens, whatever. Because this has been so helpful for me. Like, even this podcast, like, I just had like two genuine moments of Thanksgiving almost. Where I was just so thankful that me and you got to sit down and have this conversation instead of maybe taking a nap when our boys do or yeah. getting to watch our favorite show, whatever it might be, getting housework done. This was so much more invaluable to me. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I hope that if you are listening, that this is us saying, I know whatever you're going through sucks, but maybe us sharing our journey sharing what we have processed been through survived and endured can help you do the same i don't know i think that's good i was a really clean tie-up yeah <laughs> that well, i wasn't intended do you have anything else dumb. you want to say though nope like <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't necessarily my original intention but it's a process yeah we're all, all of in it. process too. all of it and two i think like you were saying, God is good. And that is, I fear sometimes overused where it loses its meaning. Um, I don't think we can ever overuse it, but it, we're desensitized to the truth of it. And he is good. Mom had her ultimate healing. And through all of this, I'm learning a whole different level of healing given by God that maybe I would have never experienced. Not by any means does that make it worth the loss. No. But I have to see that through this, there's growth as well because of his healing and his grace. Okay, actually, can we end it? Do you care? This might be weird. I don't know. Do you care just to pray? Sure. Do you care to pray for me, for us, for all those in the world that hurt? Yeah. I think that's good. And then yeah. we can... Clean our messy house or just watch our favorite show. I like that, that <laughs> idea. Okay. God, we love you. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And God, I thank you that even in the moments where we question you, the moments where we wonder, do you really care? Do you really love us? God, I thank you that you're big enough to handle that question. Yes. You're big enough to handle our doubts and our insecurities, God. But I thank you that through all of that, you still love us, that you That's still good. pursue us, that you still care for us. And God, I thank you for this um, Anchored in Love platform. And I thank you for the healing that it's bringing our family. Yes, God. 
God, but I also thank you for the life that it's touching. Um, God, I pray that you however many people that may be, God, I just pray that this podcast goes beyond just our little household, God, and it truly reaches into the lives of those that are hurting, that those that are that are struggling with a loss or with grief or um, even just a really crappy situation outside of that, God. And I pray that um, that Lauren can be just that little spot of, um, that little glimmer of hope that they need, that this will get better, that as your word says, this too shall pass. God, I pray that um, that she could be your light shining in dark places. God, I pray that as, as we still continue to to grieve the loss of sweet Gina. God, I pray that you just make each day a little easier than the last. God, that way we would never forget. May um, her absence um, never hurt us, God. But but God, I just pray that um, that each day we will understand the suck a little more. And God, I pray for anyone else that's hurting, anyone else that's grieving, anyone else that's that's struggling. God, I just pray that wherever they're at, God, that you will just show up and you will show off in that moment. God, that you will be God, that you will intervene, that you will provide hope. God, I pray that if someone else is struggling with cancer or in hospice care, God, I pray that you heal. God, and the only way that you can, God, that you show up and that you intervene and that um, God, that that sickness is gone, that cancer is no more, God. But if your healing decision is an ultimate healing, God, I just pray for comfort and for peace. God, I pray for understanding in the process, God, and I just pray for grace. And God, I just thank you that I, um, and God, I just thank you for the opportunity that I've had to share what little insight I may have in the situation. And God, I pray that our words today and our conversation today just bring hope to someone, bring peace to someone. And God, I pray through all of this, God, that that the glory and that the honor is all yours. God, we love you and we give you our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Another thing about Lauren, I always called her my anchor. She held things together, whether it was Bible quiz, you could count on her to pull it out, whether it was life, dance, soccer, school. She's an anchor. She's strong. And she's an anchor. God made her an anchor for everybody. And I know it's hard, but you can be that anchor even after I'm gone. And I know that it's hard because you're going to miss me. But I need you to persevere and be that anchor. And it's a lot to ask. But I know that you can do it. You've got it in you. And I've always called you that, told you that, and that's what you are. And I love you for that. I'm going to miss you so much. My my girl. My one and only girl.